Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Ladies and gentlemen, I am pleased to greet you quite literally live from one of the most, and I mean this sincerely, one of the most beautiful parts of the country. Let me make my point here. I drove along. It's October 1990 at a live taping of The Phil Donahue Show, which at the time was one of the most popular talk shows in the country. The show is filming in a huge auditorium. In the video of this event, you can see that everyone is all smiles and cheering, like they're at a rock concert. If this isn't Heartland, I don't know what is. I want you to know something else. If we don't make it here, we don't make it anywhere. This is Youngstown, Ohio. The people here aren't just excited because Phil Donahue is in Youngstown. They're cheering like this because their local hero is a special guest for this broadcast. Ladies and gentlemen, here he is, your Congressman James Trafficant. It was jammed. It was packed. Standing room only. Bertram D'Souza is here to cover the show for the local newspaper, The Vindicator. Anytime traffic had showed up at any place, there was always overflowing crowds. The format of the show is familiar now. It's a televised town hall, the kind you'd see during a presidential campaign. Trafficant walks onto the stage and takes his seat, wearing his signature skinny tie, no jacket, while Donahue's crew puts a microphone on him. All right, we'll get you all wired up here. I'll take this thing off if you don't hurry up here. Donahue instead of walking through the crowd, most of the people in the crowd were trafficking supporters. I like that congressman. Is he still sleeping on the couch? No, I'm sleeping in an old wooden boat, and I'm afraid it's going to sink. Trafficking, I just want to say you're doing a beautiful job, and I'm praying for you daily, and God bless you, and just keep up the good works, and I love the field, Donahue. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Up the aisle from Donahue, at the edge of the camera's frame, you could see a man sitting in the last seat in his row. He's not smiling. He looks miserable. His name is Jim Callan. Jim Callan was president of the Citizens League of Greater Youngstown, created to clean up politics in the Mahoning Valley. He believed that trafficking represented the worst of this region. In fact, Callan started the Citizens League soon after Trafkin was indicted for taking money from the mob. I think you're doing a great job, Congressman. <laughs> Trafkin for president, 1992. And this love fest was all too much for him. It was just turning into a circus. This is Jim Callan today. At one point, there was an exchange with Donahue. He says something. I'm going to bet you a Big Mac. Don't be betting, Bill. I'm betting you. You know, I'm still the sheriff around here, and there's quite a lot of it. Trafficking says, you know I'm still sheriff. And Donahue comes with a microphone and he's coming down and I decide I'm gonna stand up. Jim, you said you're still sheriff. Does that mean that you're still taking money from the mob? And the crowd exploded. The people in this country need to know. Then Phil Donahue came to Trafficking's defense. Let me respond the to this fellow. accused. 
of taking uh, mob money and beat the rap. He was found innocent. Now, wait a minute. Another guy stands up next to Jim Cowan. His name is Vic Rubenstein, and he grabs the mic. Mr. Congressman, Congressman, in all due respect for in all due respect to you, you told me when you first ran for office that you controlled the minds of the non-thinkers in this community. Why can't you go to Washington and control the idiot minds of the pseudo-thinkers in the nation's capital? Congressman, you're on. Number one, number one, the second fella has number one, the second fella has just brought up a point that is ludicrous. He happens to be a member of a Jewish descent. The Jews are very upset with what I've done and he's trying to take it out and I'm not gonna back down to any powerful group. Number one. Congressman, what is the reference to Jews? Explain that to us. At that point in time, there was a story about Jim Trafficken in the news. He was fighting a very public battle, a crusade to free a retired Ohio auto worker named John Demyanyuk, a man who had been convicted of being a notorious Nazi war criminal. Donahue's producer came to me and said, this Jew thing, what is it? And that's when I said it had to do with the Demyanyuk case, who was accused by survivors of the Holocaust of being the Nazi god Ivan the Terrible, who had been responsible for the deaths of thousands of Jews. We want to know who Ivan the Terrible really is. If it's John Demyanyuk, put him to death. But if it's not, let's find out who Ivan really is. Trafficking insisted to me that this was a matter of fairness, that he was taking this case because he believed that this guy from Cleveland was being railroaded. He, among all of the members of Congress, was the only one willing to take on that. That resonated with his supporters and with voters in the Mahoney Valley. We're in Youngstown, Ohio with Congressman Trafficken. We'll be back in a moment. I'm Mark Smirling, and this is Crooked City. Jim Trafficken is, to say the least, eccentric. I got the impression that this guy's a little crazy, but very, very bright, and somebody who's in a rush to get things done. Let's take care of our country. Let's use some common sense and put America first. Mr. Trafficant, amen, amen, amen. I think you were just right on. There is a shadow over the name Jim Trafficant. Does that bother you? I don't fear the shadow. I know that shadow will limit me. I went down in the streets. I went right to the bowels, and I saw the cancer. Chapter 11, Ivan the Terrible. I'm Jim Trafficken, former congressman from the state of Ohio, the number one target of American-Israeli Public Affairs Committee years ago. This is from an interview Jim Trafficken did around 2010. He's sitting in a diner, so it's a little noisy, but he's talking about the case that would make him, in his words, a target of Jewish Americans. 
It all started back in the summer of 1989, when Trafkin was in his office in the Capitol building. Two men walked in. I heard some conversation outside, and what caught my attention was that I heard someone say, well, he's not in, the congressman's not in, he's over on the House floor. Trafkin's staff were talking to the son and son-in-law of a former auto worker from Cleveland named John Demyanyuk. Demyanyuk was locked in an Israeli prison, and his sons were looking for help from anyone in the U.S. government who would listen to them. But Trafkin's staff didn't want their boss anywhere near this. One of my staff came in and says, don't let anybody know you're here. It's the Demyanyuk family from Cleveland, Ohio. The father's been convicted of being Ivan the Terrible of Treblinka murdering over a million Jews at, at the Treblinka concentration camp. Trafkin had heard about the case before, but didn't know many details. From what he knew, John Demyanyuk's name had popped up on a list of possible Nazi war criminals living in the United States, who were being investigated by the Justice Department's Office of Special Investigations, or OSI. A Ukrainian immigrant identified in court proceedings as a Nazi guard at the Treblinka concentration camp during World War II was stripped of his U.S. citizenship by a federal judge in Cleveland today. Demyanyuk was identified as one of the guards at the Treblinka death camp in Poland. But not just any guard. Survivors from that camp said they recognized him as a man they knew as Ivan the Terrible. A guard who took sick pleasure in beating and torturing Jews before pushing them toward their deaths. Demyanyuk was arrested and extradited to Israel to stand trial, a trial that became an international spectacle. The auditorium was packed with Holocaust survivors. The state attorney said 68-year-old Demyanyuk had killed hundreds of thousands of victims with unspeakable brutality. Accusations he still vigorously denies. Survivors from the Treblinka camp took the stand and gave their testimony while staring directly at Demyanyuk. This is Ivan from the gas chambers, the man I am now looking at. I saw his eyes. I saw those murderous eyes. I saw that face of his. The country was captivated by the emotional testimony of these Holocaust survivors. I see Ivan the way I remember him, the way he is in my mind's eye. There he is, just the way he is. Here he is, right in this very hall. But this testimony was drawn from 40-year-old memories of what Ivan the Terrible looked like. There was little physical evidence. There was an old Treblinka ID card that appeared to show a young John Demyanyuk, but the authenticity of that card was called into question. Throughout his trial, Demyanyuk insisted it was all a mistake, a case of mistaken identity, that he wasn't the prison guard killer from Treblinka, but was himself a former German prisoner of war. We are not yet Ivan Grozny. I am not Ivan the Terrible. Demyanyuk was seen repeatedly crossing himself as his trial and sentencing reached the dramatic end. The court reached its verdict. The punishment of death as stipulated in Section 1 of the Nazi and Nazi Collaborators Law. There was a moment's hesitation before the court burst into uproar with loud praise for the verdict. An Israeli court today showed John Demyanyuk no mercy. The former Ohio auto worker was sentenced to death by hanging for brutal Nazi war crimes more than 40 years ago. Demyanyuk's family vowed to continue fighting to overturn that verdict in the Israeli Supreme Court. 
We will have new evidence, hopefully new eyewitnesses. We have Treblinka survivors residing in the United States that know John Dominique is not Ivan the Terrible. We hope to bring them in. And uh, all we can do is pray that the Supreme Court will have the courage to make a decision based on fact, based on law, and away from the emotion that surrounds this case here in the state of Israel. It was at this point, after John Demyanyuk had been sentenced to death, that his son and son-in-law landed in the reception area of Congressman Jim Trafkin's office, looking for help. I said to them, I said, uh, why, why are they here? Well, they said they've been to all of their congressmen, and they've been to every Congress office in the United States of America. So I called in my chief of staff at the time, and he said, so you don't want to get involved with that. This was a radioactive issue from the beginning. West Richards was Jim Trafficking's chief of staff. The Demanyuk family, they had sought the help of Congressman Ed Fian in their district. And his district was very, you know, had a high Jewish population. He didn't want to get involved with that. And West didn't want Trafficking to get involved either. It wasn't just me. There were others that tried to advise him. We never wanted Jim to go down that path. He said this almost word for word. He said, if you meet with these two people, when the press is done with you, you'll never be a congressman again. You'll lose your seat over this. I said, send him in. So he introduced himself, John Demonick Jr. and Ed Nishnik, the son-in-law. I said, you know, my pleasure to meet you. And I believe that every American should be able to talk to their elected leaders when they have a problem. However, I want you to know from the start here, your father has been convicted of most heinous crime. If he's guilty, I can go over there and pull the switch myself. So tell me your situation. The family said the government is not doing the right thing here. And we have proof. And we need your help. I decided to go ahead and look into the Demonic matter on the strength of this family, whom everybody had just thrown aside. This is Chilling Tales for Dark Nights. Good evening, listener. I'm Steve Taylor, your host to a horror anthology podcast where we ask you to depart from your safe perception of reality to descend with us into the frightening depths and dark corners of twisted imaginations. With carefully curated original tales of terror each week, our deepest rooted fears are brought to the forefront by a diverse cast of voice talent and masterfully eerie sound design that bring these stories to life. We'll give you tales of unnerving encounters with the occult, harrowing hauntings, and sinister seances that show just how darkness knows no bounds. Make sure to check out Chilling Tales for Dark Nights on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. 
Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Time a gentleman has expired. What purpose is a gentleman from Ohio rise? Congressman Jim Trafkin decided to take on the case of John Demyanyuk, and he used his time on the House floor to draw attention to it. Right objection, Mr. Speaker, so John Demyanyuk was a Cleveland auto worker. He was born in the Ukraine in 1920. He was forced into the Red Army in 1940. He became a German prisoner of war in 1942. And John Demyanyuk said he served and was in four prisoner of war camps till the end of the war. An Israeli court said no, they said he's Ivan the Terrible. He's in an Israeli jail, sentenced to death. I don't know the truth, but nobody else does. I'm asking for an investigation into the John Demyanyuk American citizen case and also into the actions of the special office of investigation in this country. Trafkin was never a fan of the federal government, especially if he felt that the government was targeting someone unfairly. He was very vocal about his issues with the Justice Department because of his own personal experience, you know. Trafkin's chief of staff, West Richards again. He could relate to this somehow. Trafkin's gripes with the federal government dated back to 1983, when he was put on trial for taking bribes from the mob. To win that trial, he railed against the FBI. And after his wages were garnished to pay the taxes on those bribes, he railed against the IRS. And he knew from his experience that his anti-government message was popular with his supporters. So it's possible Trafkin wanted to help Demyanyuk because he saw an opportunity to stick his finger in the eye of the government. There's something inherently wrong now in our country. Because when you could just holler Nazi, and you could put a man through the loops and the hoops, where are we coming through as a country? I think from his perspective, it was a clear-cut case of the United States Justice Department overstepping their bounds. I think the Justice Department should come clean on this case. We must track down Nazi war criminals and put them to death, but we don't blindfold the Statue of Liberty and shred the Constitution to do it. I want to know who Ivan the Terrible really is, and Congress should want to know. I guess it's not too hard to figure out why something like this would strike a nerve with him. I immediately initiated an investigation through Freedom of Information Act requests, FOIAs, and everything come back, classified, 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 classified. To find out who John Demyanyuk really was, trafficking needed access to the OSI's investigation. But that was not going very well. At least not at first. The OSI apparently was really bad at shredding documents. And some people had tipped off the family anonymously that they were disposing of their documents behind their building near a McDonald's. The family, they nabbed about 50 garbage bags. I was there when all the garbage bags came in. Trafficking and West poured through what the Demyanyuk family had found. Every piece, every letter, every document, and found some pretty compelling evidence that there may have been some weird stuff going on in terms of Demyanyuk being the actual Ivan the Terrible. All the evidence in black and white of what was sort of a cover-up. One of the documents they found in the trash had never made it to Demyanyuk's trial in Israel. It was an interview the OSI had done with an SS guard at Treblinka, named Otto Horn. 
They showed Otto Horn these eight photographs of Caucasian males in their early 20s in uniform, of which Demenuk's picture was one of them. It says that he looked at the photographs at length, both of these independent reports now, and said one person looked familiar, but it wasn't Demenuk. Trafficking felt that the OSI had deliberately withheld this evidence. Not long after that, one of Trafficking's FOIA requests came back, a case file full of interviews with other Treblinka guards. All of them testified that Ivan the Terrible was completely different than John Demenyuk. Demenyuk was about six feet, blonde hair, young. The true Ivan had black hair, much taller, long scar on neck, and he was nine years older. But when I got those two documents, it was evident to me that our government had violated the civil rights and human rights of an individual beyond reason. This man was going to be put to death for an act of which he was innocent. Speaker, three Israeli judges said that John Demyanik was actually Ivan the Terrible of the Treblinka death camp. It appears that they may have the wrong man, but no one's listening. If he's Ivan the Terrible, he should be put to death. But they may have the wrong man, and America should not abrogate the citizen of its own in such a matter. So you advised Trafficant to not pick up this issue? Yeah. How long after that did you find yourself in Warsaw? Like five minutes. The Polish government was open to letting Americans kind of look through things. It was the early 1990s, and the Soviet Union had just collapsed. Poland was coming out from behind the Iron Curtain. And they wanted to make nice with America, so they they let us in and they let us look at stuff. I was um, one of two of the first American citizens ever to be allowed into the basement of the Polish Justice Department to look at files from uh, Auschwitz and uh, Treblinka and so forth. I was um, traumatized by the photographs that the Poles had on file from the concentration camps. It was shocking. And we found more photographs of Ivan the Terrible, the real one. And those photographs did not look like John Demyanyuk. You know, it wasn't like a silver bullet. But we did get more affirmation that John Demaniac was not the real Ivan the Terrible who died in Treblinka shortly after the war. It seemed the wrong man was on death row. But in his search, West came across other documents that presented a problem with the claim that Demaniac was totally innocent. John Demaniac was in the camp. He was a Ukrainian guard. None of those guards were doing anything good. You're in that role. You're not doing good things. It's bad. Really bad. Demyanyuk almost certainly wasn't Ivan the Terrible, but he'd still been a guard at a Nazi death camp. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory... Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, 
to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. If you're looking for a smoking gun, I can absolutely guarantee you, you will not find it. In October 2001, a series of letters filled with a deadly powder called anthrax were dropped into the U.S. mail system. What started as an unprecedented case turned into an unsettling mystery. Who sent these deadly letters and why? From Campside Media and Sony Music Entertainment, I'm Josh Dean, and this is Cover Up Season 4, The Anthrax Threat, available now. I'm glad now that the information that basically has been uncovered by my investigation is now getting a chance to be brought before respective courts of law in both America and in Israel. What the congressman is referring to is evidence that may vindicate John Demyanyuk. It appears the United States extradited Demyanyuk to Israel on the basis of incorrect information. Jim Trafkin and his staff had found evidence that John Demyanyuk was innocent of what he'd been accused of, that he was not Ivan the Terrible. Trafkin sent that evidence to the Israeli government and they listened. The Israeli Supreme Court said they would make a decision on whether to overturn the verdict. John Jr., son-in-law Ed Nishnik, and Congressman Jim Trafficken. You see them here boarding a plane for the first leg of what they hope will be their last journey to Israel. I went to Israel at my own expense. When I got there, I was sort of like a rock star. Everybody knew who I was. All the newspaper and everything, here comes this congressman who made this hullabaloo, who causes great controversy. I even had a bodyguard. That night, in my room in Jerusalem, I got a call from the Israeli Supreme Court. said John Demenik would be released and delivered to me at the Tel Aviv airport following death. John Demyanyuk lost many battles, but finally he won the war. Now he's a free man after seven years of solitary confinement. The date was July 30th, 1993. The front page of the New York Times that day featured a photo of Demyanyuk. The headline read, Acquittal in Jerusalem. Trafficant ended up flying home with the former Cleveland auto worker after Demyanyuk won his freedom from the Israeli Supreme Court. But John Demyanyuk was still a Nazi prison camp guard. He may not have been Ivan the Terrible, but for a lot of people, there wasn't much of a difference. There was a big backlash from the Jewish community in America that maybe John Demyanyuk is not Ivan the Terrible, but he is terrible. West Richards again. And he likely did very, very bad things. So we are very angry with you for helping this person in any way, shape, or form. And I think that confused the congressman and uh, upset him. At that point, the newspaper, one newspaper article said, Trafficant supports Nazi mass murder. Trafficant is an anti-Semite, the number one anti-Semite in the world. American Jewish leaders criticized Trafficant. His congressional colleagues distanced themselves. But Trafficant doubled down and refused to admit that Demyanyuk was anything but a victim. I don't think he really handled it right. He just was upset and, 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 and fought back a little bit, pushed back in the wrong way. It was tough. And the more Trafficant stood up for Demyanyuk, the more he attracted questionable allies. Police took no chances and kept the KKK under tight supervision. They're here to say John Demyanyuk got a raw deal. A local KKK chapter organized a demonstration outside of Demyanyuk's home. 
shortly after he returned from Israel. We're just here to uh, support John. I mean, you know, I, I pity the man. And now, he says, it's time to let Demyanyuk's past alone. The KKK marched on Demyanyuk's lawn in suburban Cleveland as neighbors looked on from their driveways, horrified. One man, in a white hood and robe, was carrying a hand-painted sign that said, in all caps, "Trafficking for President. They marched for about 45 minutes under the watchful eyes of police. The demonstration was over as quickly as it began. The more that trafficking was being called a Jew hater, the more right-wing groups in this country were rallying to his support. Youngstown reporter Bertram D'Souza again. Now, I do not believe he solicited the support of the KKK, but I do believe that trafficking sort of felt that, well, you know, if people want to stand up and support him, so be it. Now home in Ohio, John Demyanyuk was free for a time. Some years later, he was extradited to Germany to stand trial for being a concentration camp guard. This time, he was convicted. A Munich court has found a retired Ohio auto worker guilty of serving as a Nazi death camp guard during World War II. 91-year-old John Demyanyuk was charged with more than 28,000 counts of accessory to murder. But trafficking, to the end, still supported him. Behind closed doors, I think Jim believed that Mr. Demanyuk was certainly in one of the camps, probably was a guard, and that, yeah, he was probably doing some wrong things. Do you remember this uh, Phil Donahue taping that happened in Youngstown? Oh, yeah, I helped put it together. I was in the front row. It was... It's surreal, the whole thing. And now we're back with the Phil Donahue Show in Youngstown from the beginning of the episode. The show was taped while trafficking was in the national spotlight for helping John Demyanyuk. During the show, Vic Rubenstein stood up to criticize trafficking. Why can't you go to Washington and control the idiot minds of the pseudo-thinkers in the nation's capital? But instead of answering Rubenstein's question, trafficking plays to the prejudices of the crowd. Number one, the second fella... He happens to be a member of a Jewish descent. The Jews are very upset with what I've done, and he's trying to take it out, and I'm not going to back down to any powerful group. Number one. Congressman, what is the reference to Jews? Explain that to us. Let me say this, and this is very important to me. I've been called an anti-Semite. The next person in New York calls me an anti-Semite, I'm going to drive up there and punch him in the mouth. Now the crowd's on its feet, some laughing at Rubenstein, some yelling. Rubenstein motions for the microphone. The lady behind me, Mr. Congressman, the lady behind me said, you Jews, you attorneys, you blacks, you're all alike. That's what you bring out in people. Just the seed of hatred and the seed of bigotry that everyone carries around, you cultivate because you are a a political opportunist. Hey, Phil, Phil, I want to answer that. 
I think I deserve an answer. Here's my answer. This is my answer. Trafficant lifts up his arms and mimes playing a violin on stage. Then the camera cuts to a close-up shot of a sign someone is holding. It's the same phrase on a sign held by a white-robed member of the KKK in support of John Dimiano. It says, Trafficant for President. On the next episode of Crooked City, a new county prosecutor pushes back on the mob. I said, no, I do not want the money. I ran to put an end to that crap. And the mob pushes back on the new county prosecutor. I almost immediately just started hearing things that I'm not going to take office. So the only way I don't take office under Ohio law is if I'm killed. Is Meghan Markle like Princess Diana? Or is she just a social climber? I was silent. Were you silent or were you silenced? Is she a breath of fresh air or a master manipulator? That's what we're going to find out on my podcast, Infamous. Apparently ambition is a terrible, terrible thing. We'll look at what happened when two dysfunctional families came together. It's the family that I suppose she's never had. And how Meghan and Harry going Hollywood all went down. Only on the podcast, Infamous. Crooked City is a production of Truth Media in partnership with Sony Music Entertainment. The show is produced by Catherine Sullivan, Zach St. Louis, Olivia Briley, and Alexa Burke. Ryan Swikert is our senior producer. Story editing is by me, Mark Smerling, and Ryan Swikert. Kevin Shepard is our associate producer. Scott Curtis is our production manager. Fact-checking by Dania Suleiman. Rick Kwan did the mix. Sound design by Zach St. Louis. Music by Marmoset. Our title track is Hurricane Heart Attack by the Warlocks. Continue the conversation with us online by tweeting at Crooked City Pod. That's at Crooked City Pod. If you've enjoyed Crooked City, don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes. It really helps other people find the show. And thanks for listening. Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.